This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Place to Be Nation pop experience. Welcome to a special breaking news edition of Pop Goes to the Couch. I am Andy Allerton here with three quarters of the regular crew. Sean Kidd is on assignment trying to find out what the heck is going on with all these titles and what else are we going to get. And we're expecting a full report from him as soon as possible. But in the meantime, the rest of the crew is here to talk about the latest announcements from James Gunn, the new co-CEO of was it DCU, right? The DC or DC or whatever. However, I don't know. Things are changing in the industry. Mergers, acquisitions, consolidations. I don't know what's happening. We just know James Gunn and Peter Safran are going to be the, I guess, for lack of a better term, the Kevin Feige's of DC going forward. And they made some announcements and they talked about some of the shows that are movies that are already being released this year. And, Let's talk about it. Let's give our thoughts on it. So let's get them in. Let's get them introduced. And let's get this show on the road. First up is Scott Shiflett. Scott, how are you? Andy, I'm glad to be back. Uh, you know I, know, I know we're missing Sean tonight, but it's always nice to get the crew back together. Oh, yeah. I always look for an opportunity for, for us to do something because it is so much fun. And I just, I enjoy it so much. And I always learn something new. And the person I learned the most from is Tim Cable. Tim, how are you? Uh, I'm doing reasonably well i guess i can say i'm glad you're very uh learned on my account andy yeah. um but i can't make any promises tonight due to um i, I guess uh substance related um issues I, I am suffering from a little bit of cte uh right now so i might be a bit slow on the uptake i'm hoping it's temporary but uh we shall see and we'll get through this together yes we're all we're all here for each other so Let's start off. Now, the announcement came right on January 31st. He he promised an announcement before the end of the year. Let's just talk about the thoughts when James Gunn and Peter Safran, who I don't, you know, I, I, I'm familiar with the name, not familiar that much with who he is or what he's about. But we all know James Gunn. We all love James Gunn. He's the guy, you know, behind Guardians of the Galaxy, the Suicide Squad, and Peacemaker, amongst other things. And there's a lot of other great James Gunn things in the past, but James Gunn really uh, in terms of superhero properties, comics properties has really become the favorite son, so to speak. So Tim, what were your thoughts when it was first announced that James Gunn uh, and Peter Safran were going to be the co CEOs of, of DC, I guess. A little bit surprised, a little bit of a bold move on their part. I think people have been calling for, someone to operate at least in the public eye in some capacity as like a DCU version of Kevin Feige. And there is sort of some conflict and tension in the past as to whether that was perhaps meant to be Zack Snyder or, you know, the Nolans or that other guy whose name escapes me, who was Walter Hamada. There he is. There it is. Johns. See, now I'm learning things. Thank you, Schiff. Um, you know, there's all these different names that, that would kind of come to the fore and none of them really seem to gain any traction. I mean, that's sort of Warner brothers for you in a nutshell. So the decision to 
to finally, I guess, settle on, all right, we're going to hammer down some names. We're going to hammer down some dates, right? We're, we're getting this uh, 10-year plan is what we're being told that um, Gunn and, and Peter Saffords have put into place or are still, I guess, probably working out. Um, Gunn has done some great work for DC in the past creatively. I mean, uh, look at that Suicide Squad sequel in comparison to the original. Certainly, we have sung the praises of Peacemaker on this podcast, but he doesn't necessarily strike you as the guy you give the keys to the city to, right? Like, he's he's great as a creator, certainly, like, in a in that capacity, or, or maybe as, like, a, a long-term consultant, that would make a lot of sense, but creatively, not so much... Um, from the C-suite. So that's what surprised me a bit about this, is that they would go with a, you know, a, a, a James Gunn whose sensibilities aren't always um, in line with what you would expect from, like, mainstream props properties. Uh, Suicide Squad and Peacemaker, those are one thing. Guardians of the Galaxy, um, sure, yeah, bring those on all day long, but... What does a James Gunn Superman look like? What does a James Gunn Batman look like? And these are, for better or worse, DC's bread and butter. We're never going to get away from seeing Superman and Batman in film. So if Gunn is going to be overseeing that, um, what's that going to look like? And is it really, is he really the best choice? Um, I mean, I don't think I can offer any alternatives or complaints it's certainly he's done no wrong in my eyes for dc since uh since his arrival and in fact based on this news we're going to get into maybe based on the tone based on the content of these projects he is the right choice after all so i said my piece long rambling piece but uh that's about how i feel about it all right scott what were your feelings on uh, the announcement all right, it's it's well known, um, you know, from doing the comics pods. I'm the DC fanboy of the four of us. Tim and Sean are more of the Marvel guys, so I, I was really excited um, just because Gunn, you know, like, as Tim was saying, has a good track. I'll say a great track record because you know we were talking beforehand, Andy, how like he made Rocket Rac- Raccoon and Groot like household names. Like mm-hmm. they they should not be bigger than say Wonder Woman. And in the normal person's eyes, I feel that they are because DC, you know, relating this to wrestling right now, it feels like Marvel. This is 1991 wrestling. Marvel is WWF. It's still on the high, but like, you know, it's that we're starting to see some cracks. WCW feels um, DC feels like WCW in 1991, where it's like, what are we doing here? It's definitely second fiddle to to Marvel. And I'm just going to read you guys through. This was the original slate. I know we're about to get into it, but this was the original slate that they came out with in the early um, tw- 2010s. I, I don't 20 aughts. I don't know what the hell these things are called, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I could have a whole other podcast and how I think uh, Zack Snyder and Hamada and Joss Whedon uh, destroyed. Um, did, uh, Zack Snyder specifically didn't know what um, Superman was and just trying to make him like, um, Something he isn't like uh, he's supposed to be like the Boy Scout. And anyway, Snyder fucked that up. OK, uh, so and also DC, the head at DC, I'm not blaming this on Snyder. I want to say this is Hamada and fact check me because I might be wrong. They wanted to just 
speed through and have Justice League without the ground building that Marvel did with the, yeah. with the Iron Man. Yeah, exactly. With, 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 the, with yeah. the Avengers. So this is this was the original slate. 2013 Man of Steel. 2016 Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice and that shitty Suicide Squad movie, which is when – like having Cara Delevingne be a scientist was like having Denise Richards be a fucking scientist and James Bond. Okay, <laughs> just so bad. Uh, that movie won an Academy Award. It did. Which one? Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Yeah. One. For costuming or something. Is it like costume or makeup? Uh, as uh, Jad says, costume these nuts. Um, <laughs> And you know it's bad because everyone says all the time, oh, Scott, you're such a mark. You like everything. This shit royally pisses me off. Okay. 2017, Wonder Woman. The first one was great. The less said about the second is even better, especially that fucking fake baby scene in the middle of the desert. It's uh, amazing. There No movies came out during COVID 2020, but I was like, I want my money back because I was watching it. Well, hang on. You, you, you stepped right oh, over yeah, uh, the Sweden Justice League. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Uh I jumped Back ahead because, check. yeah, 2017, Back Wonder check. Woman, 2017, also Justice League Part 1. I cannot which, believe Justice League came out as early as 2017. Can you believe that? That that sounds fake, right? That just yeah. sounds and wrong. The Justice League, as you guys might remember, um, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, and Aquaman. That's we're missing – mm-hmm. and The Flash. We're missing some, some people that are needed there, uh, but that's just me. All right. Justice League, which was really supposed to be part one, but they just axed the part one off. Uh, 2018, The Flash, which uh, it's now 2023, and we're finally potentially getting the Flash movie. Didn't they first? Yeah, they first announced that like in 20, like you said, like in 2010, right? Yeah. With fucking Ezra Miller attached. He was like a completely different person at the time. (laughs) Yeah, he wasn't kidnapping fucking tweens and shit and making a covenant and breaking into fucking people's houses. Like I said, main roster angry. And Aquaman, which, not going to lie, was a pretty fun movie. And, um, you know, maybe made everyone, you know, made the women get their pussies wet for Jason Momoa. So, uh, The mom, uh, specifically. Yeah, and uh, and an untitled DC film, which God only knows what the fuck that would have been. Probably something terrible. Um, And then 2019, we had Sean Kidd's favorite, Shazam, uh, which I enjoyed. And then uh, Justice League Part 2, which, spoiler alert, was canceled because, as we saw in Zack Snyder's four-hour epic, which I put epics in quotes, uh, that was going to lead to basically the Injustice storyline with Superman. As I said, he doesn't fucking know Superman becoming bad. And another DC untitled film. And then we have 2020, which we were going to have a cyborg movie, which, you know... The cyborg guy, he was all right, but the way he yeah, acts, it seems he, a little kind of too little, too late at that point. But all right, yeah, yeah. But this was like their like Gen One or whatever. Like you know, mm. knowing DC at the time, they would have stole the Phase One exactly from fucking uh, Marvel because they're already on their nuts. So like they were gonna have Cyborg, which uh, the Cyborg actor's name I think I've only seen him in True Detective season three, but he's the one that brought like the uh, he basically me too, Joss Whedon, which it sounds yeah. like for good reason yeah. because Joss. Is, uh, supposedly man uh, supposed to be a woman's right piece of shit but um yeah that's when all that really steamrolled uh pick yeah. up steam against whedon um yeah. and then here's what i was really hyped for was the green lantern core movie as we were as we may remember uh green lantern came out in like 2010 2011 your boy liked it because he's i'm a green lantern mark but it was pretty fucking bad 
I admit, pretty fucking bad. So um, <laughs> when, when James Gunn was announced to do it, I was like, fuck it. I mean, if it doesn't work, just fucking kill it and just do animated movies. So that's I know that's long winded. Um, but, you know, that that's that's my thoughts. <laughs> well, I mean, at least we got Black Adam out of that at the end of the day. Black Adam kind of sucked, too. I'm not going to yeah. lie. It was mid. Yeah, if you sure put did. it in the list of, like, The Rock was working on this for 10 years, maybe he should have tried another 10 years. Because uh, <laughs> it was when I like it, it had its issues. I mean, I, I admit, I, I, I had fun while I was watching it. But then I it was one of those, like, I think back, I'm like, oh, that. Wait, what, what happened there? What was what were they trying to do there? And that, get that kid out of here. You had a dumb fucking kid who, is he supposed to be 8 or supposed to be 16 or have a fucking TBI? Because then, goddamn, he's acting like they put, like, the, um, he's part of the Justice side. Or they put a fucking cape on him, which if they would put a cape on me at 16, I'd be like, get this shit the fuck off of me. And But at 8, that's cool. But then you have that. It would have worked better if it was the Justice Society of America movie where they're hunting Black Adam. That would have worked better. Because the best parts of that movie was Aldous Hodge as Hawkman and uh, Pierce Brosnan, 007, right there as fucking Dr. Fate. Those were the best parts of it. Yeah. I mean, I was confused. Like, because I have not watched any of the, uh, you know, the Hourverse stuff. And I know Hawkman might have been in some of that, right? Uh, He was, I think he was on Smallville a little bit. Like, I didn't know Hawkman was like an alien. Like, I didn't know that, but in here, he's not an alien. I it, I was very confused on it. Um, but for me, you know, I love the stuff James Gunn's done. You know, Guardians, Suicide Squad, Peacemaker. I just, my my, my fear is, is that, you know, he, he goes, like, let's see him work with, like, real mainstream characters. Yeah. You know, like the Batman, yeah. Superman. Let's see how he does there. Mm-hmm. And I fear... I, and I do still really like Taika Waititi because, you know, I loved, uh, you know, Our Flag Means Death. I haven't watched, you know, What We Do in the Shadows, but I heard really good things about it. I love Ragnarok, you know, Love and Thunder. After I went back and watched it the second time on, on my stream lounge, I was kind of like, oh, sir. yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like this nearly, nearly as much. So okay. I'm afraid we're going to get, I, I, that's, that's my fear at times. Like, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but where it's like too much. Um, mm-hmm. that, See, I, I, that personality. I, I disagree because, as we've seen in Guardians Two specifically, Gunn knows how to do the tightrope of silly and yeah, and and heartfelt. As like one of the best lines comes from um, Michael Rooker's character, whose name is blanking me right now. In the Yandu's character, when he goes, he might have been your. He might have been your father, but I'm your daddy as he's yeah, dying. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I, I've said that right now. I got goosebumps. So, yeah. like, Yandu's death, one of the most emotional scenes we've had in the whole MCU. Yeah. yeah. And but, it's allowed to actually breathe. Like, yeah. every mm-hmm. time they do that sort of th- and I'm not trying to get into a whole, I hate that fourth Thor movie so much. Um, But, like, every time they try to do something kind of serious or even sentimental, it's just like, a means to another dick joke, basically. It just it's it's just there because it I don't know, it feels like it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, all right, get this the hell out of here. We've got more dick jokes to make, right? <laughs> like it's just you it's know. bad. And I was, you know, so I was really down on, on DC. I you know, and you and you all know from talking to me and, and doing the comics pod and all this stuff, like 
I didn't grow up reading comics, but I watched a lot of Saturday morning cartoons. So I watched the Super Friends. So I love that. That's it's goofy to some of you guys, but that's just my Super Friends. I get and, it. It's a generational and, you know, thing. I, I, I love. I, I'm, I'm aware of the show. I just it was never. A it's not. Yeah, it's not your thing. So. Right. But for me, it was like putting Zack Snyder in charge. The guy is too damn dark with his visions and everything like that. Like Man of Steel, like made me mad. Like. He's like, first of all, they tried to make him into like Wolverine almost at times. Uh, some really bad character choices, the whole in there, and a Christ figure and things like that. And then mm-hmm. I was still annoyed about Superman Returns, which I friggin' hate that movie so much. I just don't like that movie at all. And then, you know, we get some of the other things. Like I, I do I did enjoy Aquaman. Shazam is, you know, turn your brain off and, and you'll have a good time with it. I'm actually kind of looking forward to the, to the next one. Sean because, Kid's favorite movie. Yeah, I know. Green Lantern sucked. The Green Lantern roller coaster that we have uh, near here in New Jersey is terrible now. It's just it's too rickety. So yeah, I'm I'm a little down down on Green Lantern, but I know there's so much watch possibility in there. His from, movie sucked and said as his roller coaster. Yeah, watch, roller coaster used to mouth. be good, and they dismantled one of my all time favorite roller coasters Jeez. to put that thing up too. Uh, the Great American Screw Machine, R.I.P. Anyway, um, but, you know, in Justice League, it was, yeah, it was like they were they were playing. It was too much of a knee jerk reaction. It was like Marvel spent all this time introducing these characters and building and building. It was kind of like, let's, you know, introduce our two big or three big characters and then we're going to give you a Justice League and then we're going to deconstruct it from there. And it that just doesn't work these days. And, you know, I did watch the Snyder Cut over however many days it was it was the pandemic what else were we doing right and i thought it was a better than than the theatrical but that's wasn't a very uh high, high bar high bar to jump yeah with. i get what you're saying um and not sorry to interrupt but yeah. at the same time i sort of like as much as that's like not a good justice league movie i think it's still I still think that is to this day the most interesting thing that the DCU yeah. has put out in a weird way, like not in a not necessarily in a positive sense, but it it just shows you like what they could have had if they had at least stuck to a and not saying it's the right vision necessarily, but let's say Zack Snyder wants to do this this um, very dark version of the DCU that. Um, is maybe going to, you know, villainize Superman. Like maybe this is a deliberate choice and the things that people are calling out as criticisms of how he portrays the character. Fuck Zack Snyder. Meant to be. I'm just saying, like, if that's what he's going for, um, I could see that. I I would probably be more interested in watching something like that. If it, if it led to like a cohesive payoff as opposed to all these disparate little, unconnected like what does shazam have to do with any of this what is uh joker and the matt reeves batman like are these part of the world or not no guess all right moving on oh and here's suicide squad it's just you know none of it even looks like it's it's even made by the same studio right and to some extent i know that's a criticism that's been a criticism of uh the mcu is that everything kind of looks the same there's that house style well, that also has its advantages, right? And it, it's it's proven extremely valuable as well from a branding standpoint. And they just could not get that together. 
But I would have, at the end of the day, been interested in seeing what's the fulfillment of this vision, as much as I may disagree with it. Fuck, fuck his vision. Because you know why, Zack Snyder, I'm sorry, Tim, Zack Snyder, you put more thought into Superman when you explained him that, that three minutes than Snyder did. Want to know why? Batman versus Superman. They're fighting. You know what stops them from fighting? Martha. And he's like, yo, doll, you, your mom's named Martha, too? Let's fucking team up. Get the fuck out of here with that. I laughed in the I mean, theater when that happened. It's bad, but I thought it was a fucking. I thought yeah. it was like I had like an out of fucking body experience when I got like so main roster angry with them being like, you know, okay, they can fight. They fought in what? Um, the Dark Knight Returns. They they, they fought they fought in that. Um, well, that's the sort comic. of a bigger problem I think with yeah. that movie is it takes two, like, uh, legendary <laughs> classic storylines and sort of mashes them together in such a way that you'll never now I, I won't i won't say never but it'll be a long long time before you get a standalone like the dark knight returns movie or a death of superman movie or a series of movies right because because they're in their minds they're like well we already did that they it's shot like, their yeah, wad in movie two Th- th- dumbasses yeah <laughs> what, this would be like tony thinking? fucking dying in captain america for no goddamn reason right right we played right. Was, 20 was like that. i was like gotham city and metropolis are a stone's throw away from each other that that even bothered me so it's like what what wait what is happening here yeah that's another weird like it was not real clear like their whole world was so it felt i, I mean at least the mcu i guess has the advantage of taking place in quote unquote, our world. So, you know, their cities are our cities. But when you're in a truly fictional in-universe made up setting where you've got places like Gotham City and Metropolis that don't exist, you've really got to put some effort into the world building, like by necessity, right? Just to give this, this stuff a sense of scale and scope and to let it breathe. Like that's an extension of the characters and to neglect those details um, I don't know. It just seems like a failure in in terms of movie making 101. I mean, like, or storytelling 101. And but that's been the issue with with WB. All these they're such poor, poor stewards of this IP of care, and not just DC. I mean, all of all of the IP under their purview. They're yeah. Just. They're such idiots. They're, they're just complete fucking morons. And I can't believe these clowns are in charge of some of the most lucrative prof. Like, not not just from a pure money standpoint, but think think in terms of like people's nostalgia and emotions and memories and attachment and just. And they're just like, oh, I don't know, uh, Batman versus Superman. <laughs> and, just, and there's such like a, a rich like basically like a trove of, of stories that you could pick from. And, you know, mm-hmm. it was, yeah. Plus, Here's plus two. Also, Let's do them in one movie. Yeah. It was, <laughs> like, it was no, yeah, there was no real structure, no lo- long-term storytelling in the correct way. You know, there was a wonder twins uh, project that was in development, that Batgirl movie that was done. And, oh yeah. And that which everyone was, <laughs> was pissed off about that Batgirl movie. That was like a fucking CW movie that was made. Like it looked like shit. I'm glad. And you know, at first gun, like gun was quiet about it, but he talked about it this past week where he was like, yeah, this was really bad. And even Peter Saf- Safran or Saffron, whatever the fuck his Saf- name is said like, Oh yeah, it would have set us back. So like I'm glad like it didn't come out like 
you know, that's why I have hope for this. There's an actual plan. They're building for something. This is chapter one in a book like yeah. that we have coming up. And that chapter is called Gods and Monsters, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Sorry. Let's, let's talk about w- with what we know about and what's coming out this year. So so thank God Sean's not here. But we got Shazam, Fury of the Gods, which, come on. Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren are the bad guys in this. It, for me, it's going to be a chance to shut my brain off. Have some laughs. Hopefully, it's not too dumb, right? And then we got uh, Blue Beetle, which I don't really know anything about the character outside of maybe playing as him a little bit in uh, the Injustice video game, um, played by Miguel from Cobra Kai. We got Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, which is supposed to be interconnecting into what's coming. And then the Flash, which is going to be the big reset. I mean, we're going to get people from everywhere, apparently. Michael Keaton's in there as Batman. So uh, what what are your thoughts uh, if on anything? And, like, you can keep it, you know, to bullet points uh, about, like, you know, Shazam, The Flash, Blue Beetle, Aquaman. Let's let's start with Shazam. Any, any thoughts on Shazam, Fury of the Gods, Tim? I'll just um, preface, I guess, all of this by saying all of these films that we – think we're reasonably sure are happening i'm a little bit hesitant to say that that flash movie is ever going to come out um <laughs> still um but it'll, it'll these all just feels the, like uh, scott pilgrim pod comes out uh, yes exactly that's when that'll see the light of day that's that's <laughs> what should be done with that um but uh, all of these films this this entire slate that you named uh just feels like the dregs of the last administration that were sweeping into the dustbin like it's you know they'd probably like to take them on as tax write-offs somebody did that math right somebody absolutely did that math sat down with their spreadsheet and went "Mm, not by much but it looks like it's better for us to actually release them (laughs) so because they probably release... make money internationally. That's the thing, too. Yes, yes, they'll make money. There's nothing that um, is going to scare China off in these movies, I don't <laughs> think. Um, I mean, what's Shazam 2 going to really do? I mean, like, But, um, yeah, it just, I mean, Shazam 2, if you like the first one, I, it seems like you'll like the second one. Um, Blue Beetle, uh, it, like, I guess they're going with the, the second generation. Uh, they're the going with Jaime Reyes. Jaime Reyes, yes, with uh, Miguel from Cobra Kai. I, I, I'm not going to try to say that actor's name right now in this condition I'm in. Um, but, uh, I mean, again, it's it's the type of thing that it'll it'll – I can already tell it's it's going to draw comparisons to like Tom Holland's Spider Man. It's going to be like, oh, it's DCU doing a woke version of uh, Mar- the MCU Spider Man. That's what people are going to say. Because um, they're going to think they just made up this character who's existed for over 10 years now. Probably more like 15, close to 20. Um, so, yeah, that's. And it'll probably be a decent movie that there will be no follow up to, and you'll never see the character again. And that'll be the end of that. So, hopefully, people don't get their hopes up too high, um, especially if they really like the film. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, if you like these movies and you come out of them thinking, wow, that was actually really great, I want to see more of that, you already know you're not getting more of that. Because, <laughs> again, these are just the dregs. These are the things that have already been in production forever. We talked about how long Flash has been, you know, in the in the ether, I guess, is 
is it now finally going to happen? It's like they've got a movie, and it's like, oh, shit. Uh, we hate our, our lead, and so it looks really bad for us to actually release this thing now. I mean, it just feels so snake-bitten, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. Maybe they'll digitally, digitally replace uh, all of Ezra Miller's scenes with somebody else. Well, didn't they, <laughs> they, did they do that with Amber Heard in, the, in Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom? No, she's in it. Do that, oh, she's they? still in it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, please. I think her that. role is reduced. Uh, okay. Um. Yeah, so there's that. Um. I mean, it's just there. There's nothing worth getting excited about yet, and that's that's not to be already be like, well, look at this. You know, already they're fucking up, and it's like, no, it's just you got to get through the stuff that it's not really in. It's not really under the control or, of James Gunn or, or Peter Safran with with this. Uh, this lineup that just has to, they've got, they've got to get it out of the way and then get to their stuff. I think that's how we have to look at this. Scott, what what do you say? All right. So we have Shazam, which like I said, was Sean Kidd's favorite movie of 2017 when it came out. (laughs) And, uh, but, but like Tim said, I really just don't give a shit. Like I'm just laying it out there. Like, Shazam, Zach Levi's probably not coming back. Um, you know, James Gunn said that the people that have played these characters, there might be a chance to come back. But of course, you would say that because you don't want to ruin the movie. So, right, yeah. So, so we have we, we have that, which you know, haven't been that sold on the trailer to be honest. Like Helen, Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu, who looks like she's the same age as Ellen Mirren, um, <laughs> Lord. sir, is uh, is right there. Um, I, I'm going to skip over. It. I'm going to, I really am. I'm going to skip over the Flash movie because I'm going to button that up. Blue Beetle, I'm actually excited for because Blue Beetle brings someone we're going to talk about later, Booster Gold, because they're best friends in this. So I'm cool with the Blue Beetle. Hopefully that sticks around. That's a nice B character that maybe they want to elevate to A tier because, uh, as you guys know, Iron Man wasn't always A tier. They used Iron Man because that's the rights they had at the time. And now look at him. So we have that. I'm not saying. Iron Man is Blue Beetle. Don't fucking misconstrue that. I'm just saying. And then we have Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom. Hot take. I say we bag it. Just let Momoa be Lobo. <laughs> just bag it. Because, like, wow. we know because that those two movies, quote unquote, don't matter. Because in June this year, which this movie, the Flash movie, Gunn has said it's the one of the best superhero movies he's ever said, right? And it can't possibly be true, can it? I, I'm I'm holding out hope because I really like what they are picking up, which is the Flashpoint. And they were already planning on doing this, and this was going to rewrite their DC history and start it over fresh. So what I think they should do is swap out. Um, if they want to release uh, Aquaman, throw Aquaman in the summer, release Flash at Christmas, and then you can be like, yeah, you watch that stuff this year. Thanks for watching, but it doesn't matter anymore. So that's what they should do. And then if you want to do it, and like those people can come back because let's be real, this is DC, and DC, if you're a comic book fan, loves their crisis events, one of the best crises ever, Infinite Christ, Crisis on Infinite Earths. So there you go. You can have all those people come back, which it sounds like from the stuff I've read, and so I didn't want to read it. That's what they were setting up for anyway, but that's how they were going to get rid of Batfleck and Keaton's Batman. So 
just swap out those two dates, have a flash reset everything, and then you go into 2024, and then you can start re- telling pe- telling everyone who's going to be starring in these movies. And if you have to, and if you have to do um, swap out someone, you could do reshoots because uh, Sasha Cali was supposed to be Supergirl. I don't know who Sasha Cali is. She could be a great actor for all I know, actress for all I know. But if you're going to have a new Supergirl movie and you want this person to lead, I you should know that you're going with her. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm I'm curious to see how this all plays out. And just, you know, I'm just going to enjoy the little ride because, you know, how much I love going to the movies. I'm like you, I got a, you know, AMC. So it's like, yeah, what else are we going to do, right? So before we get into Gods and Monsters, uh, one thing oh, sorry. I found. Can I just say, I'm, Go I'm, ahead. I just have to, it mm-hmm. just came to me, I guess. Uh, as far as this whole Flash, Flashpoint thing, I mean, where does this version of the DCU get off having the audacity to think that they've earned both the like ability creatively and uh, I, I guess right to 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 do a Flashpoint adaptation with I mean with what I mean we talked about the lack of building blocks that have been here since the inception of the, like they you know, they start with Superman. Great. And then two movies later, we're already doing justice league. And it's like, how you seem like you skipped a few steps there. And I understand. Okay, cool. We can capitalize on all this multiverse bullshit that has really grabbed the zeitgeist right now. Um, and we can, uh, I guess have multiple Batmans like we did the multiple Spider-Mans, but at the end of the day, what else does this have to offer? I mean, maybe I'm just so unimpressed with everything right now, but, and that, that is enough for people and that's going to be satisfying, but it just doesn't sound, it sounds very like threadbare to me. Like, Oh my God, we're going to be creating and destroying worlds and it's going to be like a crisis level event in film and you know well, I think it was going to lead to crisis but again like a crisis of what like they, I mean, <laughs> a crisis of fucking studio heads that's what they fucking yeah that's had. what I mean. yeah exactly <laughs> that's the only crisis I've seen here we don't exactly have infinite earths or uh, you know, like it's just not again. It's that lack of world building that that has gone into all of this, where they're just like they haven't put in the work. They they have not. And I hate I hate to use this expression, but they have not earned it. Right? They have and, not and earned it, this this moment. And it's amazing that DC has lucked into their dumbasses. You know, doing this. Uh, you know, postponing this movie five years that they've lucked yeah. into. Like, oh shit. Yeah. And press the fucking reset button like when you're losing sega genesis and you're like no it didn't reset <laughs> <laughs> it's about the size of it yeah all right so one thing that you know peter gunn did make sure to, to peter gunn james gunn <laughs> said that kind of works that kind of yeah. works just smash yeah. it up yeah uh in, in the um in his announcement was that DC Comics Elseworld strategy is being incorporated into the DCU. No more E, just the DCU. And they'll take place on a different timeline. So they won't be part of the main canon. So that's the case for the Matt Reeves Batverse, which will include the Batman sequel, as well as the uh, Penguin show that's coming, starring Colin Farrell, as well as Todd Phillips' Joker and its sequel, as well as the even animated 
Teen Titans Go, which my son used to watch, and it's a really funny show, actually. Um, so that's I, I kind of like that. They're acknowledging these exist, but it's not part of. I this. wish they write off fucking Joker. <laughs> you know, I, I enjoyed the movie, but it's not a movie I, I am I am in a hurry to ever rewatch kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. I enjoyed it in the moment, but the moment's passed. So, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll see the the sequel if it's going to be like some kind of musical with Lady Gaga. And, and I'd that. rather chop my nuts off than see that fucking sequel. Oh, you're, you know, you're going to go see it because you got the, you got the AMC. So you got to be seeing something else. I couldn't stand that first movie. And everyone was like, it's so great. It's a bunch of fucking incels that couldn't get <laughs> pussy if they fucking got dropped off at a woman island called Thymascara. So, you know, uh, they got nothing to worry oh, about. Boy. boy, we got an angry shift tonight. <laughs> Tim, Tim, any 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 thought any thoughts to share on Elseworlds? Um, yeah, you know what? I think that's really smart branding on Peter Gunn's part. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna use that, you know, <laughs> because it, it it I mean it just makes clear to people because there's there's been these questions probably since even before that Matt Reeves Batman movie came. I mean, even going back to Joker, people are like, okay, so. What's this? Is is this going to tie into <laughs> Justice League, or is, are we going to see this character again in, like, uh, Suicide Squad or something? Or, like, is this part of your world? And they just kind of shrugged their shoulders, right? We never got any straight answers, which I think is pretty cheap. Um, and I think it's because they didn't fucking know any better than the people asking the question. Um, so I, I like that they're very uh, decisive on this point, and... It's a, you know, Elseworlds is a... Um, they use it now in comics. Yeah, that, that is that is a, a very in-universe term from the comics that means something to comics readers. Like, r- immediately, you know what they're talking about when they say this is an Elseworlds story. A comic reader does. So, it's just a matter of, like, training the general public who, you know, are not comics readers, have not encountered this terminology before... That's not a difficult thing to do, just to say, hey, this is outside of of the sort of prime continuity uh, that we're going to be exploring. This is off to the side. This is how we're going to convey that to you. Very elegantly, very simply. Um, you know, I, I think it's pretty memorable. It's going to stick in the mind. When you hear Elseworlds, you'll think, oh, okay, well. And I hope it doesn't, I hope it doesn't give the impression to people that, well, this film doesn't matter um, because that, I mean, what fucking film matters in the first place, right? You know, if it sounds like it's an interesting enough project, that's what should sell you on it. Not necessarily the continuity behind it. So if you like that Matt Reeves Batman, here's more of that type of thing, right? Which is tonally going to be very different from, you know, all the phases, I guess, for lack of a better word, of uh of the the uh peter gunn dcu or, or james saffron well well, uh, well i didn't get a chance in my rants i was shitting on the joker with the batman i'm glad because i even said like they're still gonna go forward with the penguin tv show now that's a show that i'll when i i'll believe it happens when i see it type i kind of yeah i kind of agree with you there and, and um, we did get a release date for that the second uh, Matt Reeves Batman, October 3rd, 2025, which I'm fine with because, you know, we can get to this uh, late. Uh, we'll get to this up 
I'll talk. I'll expand more on this. We're gonna see two different types of Batman. The, the first mm-hmm. Batman we see now is like, you know, kind of emo and gothy, which he's like year one Batman, as we saw in you know the Batman. This new Batman we're gonna get, it's gonna be reluctant father, and that's mm-hmm. gonna be good. Mm-hmm. And we're actually gonna see more of the Bat family. We're obviously not gonna see any of the Bat family in this. I have a feeling uh, this. Uh, what's his name? Um, the actor, Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. He's going to be more sequestered off like the Keaton Batman and the um, Christian Bale Batman, which is fine. Mm-hmm, you, can have, mm-hmm. you can have different Batmans. I don't know how this Batman, like the other Batmans, would have fit in this universe they're trying to create. So I'm, yeah, I'm OK I, with that. Agree that this he's a very good Batman for a universe where like Batman is the only superhero. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the only. And Batman and his world, Gotham City and his robes are like the only real supernatural elements to that world. Um, I kind of like that take on, and I hope that that is going to continue to be the the take on that character. It's a radically different interpretation from, as you said, the more Grant Morrison uh, Batman as dad (laughs) to uh, the newest Robin, um, who, you know, we'll get to that. these are radically different points in that character's life and radically different versions of the character. So that's how you can kind of get away with having two Batmans on screen simultaneously. Yes. And one thing too, that, that, that Gunn said was that this is going to be even different from the MCU in terms of like, not only is it going to be the movies and the TV shows are going to be intertwined, but the animation and they're going to try to have the same actors you know, voicing the characters Mm -hmm. when they're in animated form and when they're in live action, as well as the video games even being part of, of the general overall story. Cause you know, I have, I have had them download on my PlayStation for a while, but I haven't gotten to play the Arkham games, but there's this, you know, the suicide squad kill the justice league game coming out. That looks so good in the trailers that is supposedly a kind of like almost like a sequel to it. So it's, it's what I find it's, it's going to be very, very interesting on how they do all this because I know with with Star Wars, with uh, you know, and I've talked about this before, like Jedi Fallen Order, there is talk of, of mm-hmm. that that is canon, and there's talk of introducing Cal Keskis, whatever his name is, uh, into the whole Star Wars, you know, thing. Like, could he be? Well, part and there's of the precedent home? for that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, the fact here's the thing that that I really enjoyed about this announcement was that they're getting in front of everything. They're explaining everything in the beginning. Like, this is, you know, we have these things over here. We're going to release them. Don't worry. Those of you who are looking forward to this, then we're going to reset. But but this is what we're going to do. Okay, these these movies are great, but they're not going to be part of this one story. They're, like, to quote Abed on Community, these are bottle episodes. You know, those are episodes, like, you ever watch a sitcom, and it's like you're doing like an overall story, but then there's one that has nothing to do with anything yeah. except for what it's yeah. telling in those 22 minutes. That's what those are. Those are contained in their own little, you know, hermetically sealed containers off, off to the side. And and they're great. And you go see them, go watch them, enjoy them for what they are. And they're going to have their own little worlds. They're going to build into sequels and all that. But this is the main like overall thing, like all these various shows and, and movies and everything are all going to be all connected together. And that's the difference. And and the fact that it's it's getting out there and they're getting ahead of it and not confusing the shit out of people who right. don't know what this is going in. Like, wait, we're going to see another Batman movie? Didn't we just see a Batman movie? Don't these things come out like two or three years apart? 
that kind of they're getting rid of that kind of confusion out there. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they'll keep that messaging up as it goes. Like I don't I don't want it to be like every time. All right, guys, this is an Elseworlds movie. No, this is a main. You know, you I, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't hit us over the head with it, but just keep that those little subtle reminders in there. You know. Okay, so what is part of this new DC? Well, they've announced. Like like Scott said, Gods and Monsters, which is chapter one of this big ass book, we're gonna get a ten year plan, and they've you know there's more to this chapter that they're going to announce, but this is what they're starting us off with, and this this was quite a bit, and and I didn't recognize a good portion of it, which is part of the reason why I wanted to get the gang together to kind of like talk about this and and kind of like I said educate me on this because you know we're gonna do our, our next episode of Trader soon. And I got a lot of educating I need on that because that was some story. <laughs> anyway, when you got the world needs an educational. Yeah, damn you, Sean. Anyway, uh, so the first. <laughs> so according to the uh, so the, yeah, the sequel to um, Batman is coming out October third, twenty twenty five. But on July eleventh, twenty twenty five, the first entry into the Gods and Monsters, the first theatrical release, will be Superman Legacy, which is being written by. James Gunn, no director yet, and they're they're saying it's not another Superman origin story, even though the movie will deal with the hero's double legacy as a Kryptonian and Earth protector. So Tim, being the resident Superman mark, for lack of a better term, what were your thoughts when you heard Superman? I'll, legacy? I'll sign up for that. Uh, I'll I'll volunteer for that position. Um, okay. At first, uh, sort of my knee jerk thought was. James Gunn, Superman, ooh, it's a little bit like maybe two great tastes that aren't going to taste great together, as I sort of alluded to earlier. Um, so a little bit of uh, hesitation on my part, a little... Um, trepidation. Trepidation, that's a better word. Thank you, sir. Um, and then I got to thinking about it, and I was like, well, what do we think of James Gunn, Superman? What What might that look like? And... Not to jump ahead, really, but we we see he's going to be borrowing. A gun is going to be sort of drawing from uh, that Grant Morrison um, time period of, of Batman with Damien as Robin and whatnot. And it sort of seems to me that um, once you expose a James Gunn to Grant Morrison's writing, he's probably going to go a little bit nuts and want to read like everything that guy has ever done and his take on every uh on Morris, morrison's take on every superhero like gun is going to be sort of um in line with i, I think that's going to line up with his vision pretty closely and i think of you know morrison did some pretty great work on superman um so if, if i had to guess what this movie might look like i'm sort of thinking that new 52 run of action comics where you get a pretty non-traditional Superman because it's still like kind of early in his career. So he's wearing like the cape and, and the uh, sort of the, the upper torso looks sort of like your traditional Superman, but um, (laughs) below the waist, he's just in jeans and, and like some, (laughs) some dockers. (laughs) It's just like, um, What's, what's going on here with uh, with Superman? It was just more of a um, I don't know how to describe it. it. It's 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 almost like a golden age throwback to like the very earliest Superman stories where he was 
envisioned as like this um this kind of immigrant power fantasy by by his creators um so i again this this i guess if that's what they do this will be called um you know the the woke version of superman and everyone will uh review review bomb it and um try to destroy its box office and whatnot because they're pussies yeah, um, they suck. And uh, but I don't know. I, I feel like that might be the direction that Gunn wants to take Superman. I also, in thinking back to like the 1978 classic Superman, the motion picture, everybody get kind of gets in their feelings when they talk about that movie. I get it. It's kind of like baseball and your dad. But um, at the same time. <laughs> When you really watch that movie and rewatch that movie back, there's a lot of like kind of black humor and sort of goofy, just goofy shit in the in that really that movie and its sequel. Um, both you know, uh, Superman's one and two before you get into just the slapstick nonsense of later in the series, uh, where it's just like I could see James Gunn making a movie like that, you know, about a superhero, um, but with just more of a modern day sensibility. Like I could see those weird little touches, and I'm thinking things like when he rescues the cat out of the tree for the little girl. She, it's off screen. You you only hear the audio. She runs inside, and says a man who could fly rescued Fluffy from a tree or whatever. The mother says, what have I told you about lying? And you hear the smack. It's like, then it's cut away, right? And you're like, what was that? That's so wrong. And then there's just tons of moments like that throughout both of those movies. And it, it that seems like a, things, a thing that James Gunn likes to do, right? Where he just sort of fucks with you a little bit, um, but doesn't lose the heart of the, of the story and the character along the way. So I kind of talked myself around, talked myself into thinking, yeah, I could I could kind of go with a, a James Gunn take on a Superman. Let's keep in mind as well, Gunn is not directly writing and directing all of these projects himself. So he may have like a very limited uh, degree of input creatively into some of these things, unless he has already come out and said, I have written um, the, you know, I have... The, the screenwriter credit and or I'm going to be directing this film, um, there's going to be several degrees of separation, right? Depending on how involved or not he is in the oversight of some of this stuff. So um, all that is to say, cautiously optimistic, I guess, as, as a big time Superman mark. And if you want my prediction on what his Superman is going to look like, I'm thinking... Like I said, new 52 action comics. Scott, any thoughts on Superman legacy? I'm not as big as a Superman hater as others that we pod with, but I will be caught. I'm going to have tempered expectations for this like like Tim, but that's because in my lifetime, I've never seen a good Superman movie. Uh, The baseball analogy is perfect. I've tried to watch that. It's just too hokey for me. It's like Batman 66. Um, but, you know, this needs to, I'm not saying it has to, critically wise, has to do good out of the gate, do well out of the gate. And, yeah. you know, it has to do pretty well at the box office because we can't get off on, on a, on a um, 
Yeah, there's going to be a lot on the line. But with, with saying that, that's why I think Gunn directs. He wants to live and die with it. He's so he's going to – he's, fuck it, I'll do it myself type thing. So mm-hmm. – um, and I think it's still too early to figure out who's casting, but, like, you know – We've got to be hearing that soon because it's February 2023. This comes out two and a half years. So well, Apparently, uh, a lot of the casting has already been done. They're just not announcing anything yet from what I'm, sh- from things I'm reading. He shot that oh, down. That would personally. be smart. He shot that down personally. Oh, he did? All yeah. right. All right. Okay. All right. So, uh, all right. So, James Gunn's also working on a script for The Authority, a movie based on a controversial well, super Triple H. Stephanie McMahon, Randy Orton, <laughs> yeah, so. Mark, uh, of the Wildstorm label. The Authority is a super team so concerned with saving the planet that they will often cross moral lines to get things done. Believing that the ends justify the means, the heroes of the, the Authority often act like villains. So this kind of sounds like an the inverted boys. Suicide Squad to me. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. So what do you, what do you guys know about the Authority? Um, not a damn thing. (laughs) (laughs) I I know it had its heyday in the late nineties and early two thousands when very, uh, decompressed comics in their writing that were very cinematic in their art were very much, um, the style of the day. And it, that was a series that really popularized that style. It, it, um, spawned a lot of imitators. Um, Marvel's uh, The Ultimates, which was the, the ultimate universe version of the Avengers, heavily, heavily pulled from the authority. So in an indirect way, the MCU is kind of, like early MCU is kind of influenced by by the authority because the thinking at the time was, okay, Marvel with their ultimate imprint um, this is both an opportunity to like uh, capture a new audience of comics readers, um, sort of simplify and streamline, declutter a lot of their characters, and serve as sort of a, a template for what these characters and concepts would look like in film. And certainly those influences were not as pronounced as maybe they would have been if the MCU had started a few years earlier. But they're still there. Um, so that is all to say the Authority has kind of long legs. Um, it's not a DCU original property. It was uh, acquired through Wildstorm. Wild yep, Wildstorm was uh, Jim Lee's uh, studio within Image Comics. So when Jim Lee decided he was going to sell Wildstorm to DC, he kind of went along with that package Um Jim Lee himself uh, didn't have anything to do with um, directly didn't have anything to do with the authority, but it does. The authority does spring from an earlier Jim Lee concept, which was Stormwatch Stormwatch later written by uh, Warren Ellis. Um, And in the authority days, you get Brian Hitch on art. And that was just a really winning combination. As you said, Andy, these are, unconventional superheroes they they kind of um get the job done by any means necessary they're like ultra ultra violent um kind of like the boys but this happened before the boys so you almost have to think of 
when the boys, the comic came out, that was kind of a response to the authority and kind of directly satirized uh, the approach to superheroes that the authority took, where it was like, yeah, we're still kind of pretending these guys are heroes, but we also want to take a more gritty, realistic take on what this would look like if it was indeed the real world. Um, so a lot of their characters are, are pretty clearly modeled after existing like DC icons. Like they've got their own Superman. They've got their own Batman sort of got a Hawkman. Like you can, you can, uh, find these analogs very easily, but that is the idea is to take, you know, these boilerplate, um, iconic sort of, um, uh, characters and just reinterpret them, put a new spin on them, just like Watchmen does, right? With, you know, existing characters, just does their own take on those um, concepts, those very sort of high-level concepts, and says, let's put them through the ringer. That's what the authority does. And I don't know, it'd be interesting to see how that works in film it's i mean have they said this is this is not elseworlds right this is part of their no, this is part, no, this, of, is pa- this is part of it this is yeah part. so um I, i'm not sure what uh, the wild storm you know uh universe of characters what their relationship is to just the mainstream dc characters these days i know that through a series of um reboots of, of their universe i think all of those I think all of those guys have, have really gotten folded into just the one main dc universe it took a took them a while to get there but i think they are there at this point so like how do these shall we say great value versions of batman and superman uh react or interact with with the real thing is i don't know that we're going to see any crossover necessarily especially right out of the gate but it does beg the question, why do these characters exist when we've already got the real deal, you know? And maybe that's what that film is going to try to set out to answer, among other things. All right. So the third film announced was The Brave and the Bold. While, um, so this is going to be a movie focused on the extended Bat family, more specifically, it will put yes. Damian Wayne at the center of the action in a father-son story inspired by Grant Morrison's comic book run. It will also introduce a new star in the role of the Dark Knight. Scott, I could hear you kind of cheering under your breath there, so I, I guess you have some stuff to say about this. I'm looking at the Grant Morrison omnibus right now, which introduced uh, that little snot-nosed punk Damian Wayne, which I, <laughs> which I, I say in the nicest terms. He, he's an interesting character. Um, I'm just happy we're getting a, a different... Um, Robin, we're getting actual. This is actually Batman's son. Uh, spoiler alert: His mom is uh, Rachel Ghoul's daughter, Talia. So, and we're getting more of the extended Bat family. Give me fucking Nightwing. Give me Red Robin. Yeah, and, um, Red give me Hood. no. It's Red Robin as well. Oh, okay. A Red Hood, Shut Jason Todd, um, <laughs> Duke. Who I, I can't think of his name, but I love his design. Duke Hudson's his name. Um, if they want to bring in Lucy uh, Lucas Fox, like who takes over for he's the Batman, you know, it, it, I'm salivating at this. Um, I know Grant Morrison's not for everyone. He's hit or miss for me. I enjoyed this Batman run, hated him on the Green Lantern run. I 
this is going to be awesome. And I think that it's not going to go as dark. Watch, I'd be completely wrong. Come and get me seven years from now when it comes out. But I, I think this is going to be fun. And not like shitty 90s Clooney, Val Kilmer, Batman funs. Like, this is going to be a fun. This is going to be. James Gunn fun. Yeah, the James. Oh, that, that's good, Tim. Um, this is going to be like how everyone's a family, like in Guardians. This is going to be their version of it. Okay. Tim, anything to say? Corona and family, Batman style. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah, it's set, it's definitely going to be a different take on Batman than, than anything we've seen in film, which is good. They kind of need to do that, especially if, again, the Matt Reeves Batman stuff is going to continue existing alongside it. Um, I don't really have a horse in this race, to be honest with you. I've uh, not read a whole lot of um, that era of Batman, which I guess kind of extends to today. I mean, Damien's still around and everything, so... I can't say um, he's ever been like one of my favorite characters, but I know that um, that is a, a very it's divisive in its in its ways. But the people who like that Grant Morrison Batman stuff really like it. Uh, so there's there's a lot to work with here. Again, I, I think it's it's perfect. It's it's perfect material uh, for James Gunn to draw from. Um, you know, when you look at all the varied interpretations of Batman and, and ways he could go with that, this makes a lot more sense than like doing a hard boiled Dark Knight detective thing. Like, I just, I don't, I'm not saying James Gunn isn't versatile. He can maybe do anything, right? But um, this is maybe more within his comfort zone. And I, while it's nice to step out of your comfort zone from time to time, there's a reason why he's he's good at what he does and why it's so well-received. So, um, yeah, I think I'm going to be pretty pretty receptive to this, maybe more so than I have been of, uh, like, Damien and and uh, Dad Bat in the, <laughs> in the comics. And by the way, with Batman being a father in this, you know, in this interpretation, it sort of gives you that opportunity to get away with a, a Batman who's a little bit older, a, a bat fleck, if you will, not saying we need to bring back, um, it won't uh, be him though. Ben Affleck, but, but you can, you can have a, someone who is like that age and it's fine. Like you're not worried about, Oh, they're going to age out of the role. Well, isn't that kind of the point? If this is, the period of Batman's life we're, we're picking up from, you know, that's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, that, that older hardened, uh, mm-hmm. bat, Batman. All right. So, and then two years expected release two years after Superman legacy, we're going to get Supergirl world of tomorrow, colon world of women of tomorrow. Excuse me. Uh, we'll explore a unique character version of Kara Zor-El, Kyle's cousin, while Cal found a loving family on earth. Kara floated through space and then destroyed fragment, of Krypton witnessing nothing but death and destruction is inspired by Tom King's take on the beloved character. It intends to show how different upbringings can give birth to very distinct heroes. So I don't know a hell of a lot about Supergirl that much outside of, you know, I did see the Helen Slayer one when I was a kid. I have not seen it in years. I remember Laura Vandervoot on Smallville. I enjoyed her performance of it. And I, I watched, I think the first couple of seasons of, of um, 
of the Supergirl show on CBS before it became part officially part of the Arrowverse. And I kind of checked down it. Yes, I actually divorced that show, Tim. It's not not often that I divorce wow. from shows, but I have divorced okay. from shows in the past. What a misogynist you are. I, I kind of am. Um, you can stop so, watching trash like The Walking Dead, but you give up on Supergirl. Jeez. I know. Which I, only I mean, I, which only uh, plagued plagued our lives for what four four or it's five. It's still seasons? going because Fear the Walking Dead is is in its last season now too. I. I uh, they just keep coming out with more stuff. Just I'm just stop. saying, eleven what eleven years yes. of that versus how many seasons of Supergirl? There the, the, the difference from, from Walking Dead when it first came out was that my daughter would walk in a room and if she saw like a glimpse of Walking Dead, she would go running crying out. Now she watches it, so <laughs> that's how long. Yeah, that's thing how long it's been, it's been on. on. Yeah, uh, so she was Tim, a tiny child when it started. I know, and then she's all you know older. Anyway, uh, so. I, I don't know all that much about Supergirl, but this sounds like really interesting to me. Uh, Tim, what's your take on it? Since you're, are you, are you like the whole super family? Are you just a super Superman? Um, I'm more of a Superman purist, if if okay. we're going to be honest. I, I so you're a Superman misogynist. misogynist, then? Okay. Yeah, so I'm a super a manist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, look, I I can't say I'm overly familiar with this Tom King take on supergirl uh it certainly sounds more interesting than probably any other take on supergirl i've i've ever heard of to be honest with you i just i've never been thrilled with derivative characters and that's what supergirl has sort of always seemed like to me not not to say that she has no inherent value at all but um i don't know like she's sort of having a moment she's had this this semi-successful television series on the cw for some time people are uh, pretty well versed and familiar with the character, at least in name. So to get a, a radically different take on her uh, might be interesting. It, it it just sounds more interesting than a than a straightforward. Hey, she's a hero trying to follow in her big cousin's footsteps or whatever. Like that's so boring. Come on. Um. So yeah, I mean, this they could have something here. It. It definitely was not the type of thing, if you ask me, what what should be on this first slate of, of films under this new regime, I probably would not say, well, you got to start doing Supergirl movies right away. You know, it just, but I guess it's all part of the plan. Okay. Scott, any thoughts on Supergirl? I'd much rather have Power Girl, but um, oh, I'm, that's fine a good with, call. I'm, I'm fine with Supergirl here. Um it's, it's a little bit different. So, um, and they're building up uh, both the Bat family and the Super uh, Super family, which, which is a, is a good way to go. All right, all right. So then, the last of the five films announced, and that's Excuse not me. all that we got coming um, in terms of film and and TV, which we'll get to in a second, uh, is Swamp Thing. It's based on DC's most iconic horror character. We haven't been given. A lot of information yet, but Safran has promised that the story will investigate the dark origins of the co- of the character. So fans should expect the DCU to draw inspiration from Alan Moore's beloved comic book run. Also, uh, reports are coming out that James Mag- Mangold Magnold how you swear? Mangold 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 from is Logan? in is in yeah is in talks to direct. Oh fuck! So, so uh, Scott, 
We'll start, we'll start with you. Any any thoughts on Swamp Thing, a character I know nothing about at all? <laughs> so I've read some of um, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, and it was very dark. And that's what uh, that's what I, I like that we're going off the beaten path, some of these characters, especially when we get to the television. And I think Swamp Thing, if done right, could be, um, you know, as he's known as the Green, uh, could, mm. could, could be a very fun um character and as we're seeing we're not getting all uh black and white here with uh good guys and bad guys we're getting shades of gray obviously with the the authority swamp thing not always seen as a good guy so um i I, especially what we talk about when we get to the television stuff but i'm i'm really excited to see what they do for this because i know there was a tv show that they tried to um do i I believe it started on the dc app and when they shuttered that they they moved it to cw and killed it pretty quickly but everyone was high on swamp thing so uh i'm real interested into into it all right tim um want to hear a dirty little secret uh i kind of low-key love swamp thing (laughs) um having not read a lot of swamp thing comics beyond like that more stuff which I really dig. I really like how he's, to Scott's point, not even necessarily like a superhero. He's just sort of a neutral thing that exists. And he's sort of the embodiment of you fuck around, you find out, right? Um, <laughs> when it comes to his his uh, environment, basically. Uh, and then you get into this whole, like, it... <sighs> At its best, that that character and that concept invites all these questions around identity and just your place in the universe. And then they like there there's an interpretation that says he's an elemental and he's like Scott said, part of the green, which is itself part of the parliament of limbs and it's all this cosmic bullshit and i love it i abs- it's such nonsense and i absolutely love it um and i hope they do i hope they go whole hog into all of that bullshit just complete nonsense like fever dream acid trip bullshit just go there with this character because if you can't do it with swamp thing who can you do it with all right it sounds like fun all right, so moving over to TV, we get Creature Commandos. It is going to be the first TV show released in this DCU, a seven-episode animated series based on the DC Comics team of the same name. It's a, they are a team that was put together by Amanda Waller and comprises of some of DC's most monstrous characters. James Gunn has written the script for all seven episodes, which is already in production, and as he underlines, the new DC animated projects aimed to feature voice cast members who can also play their characters in live action productions. This team looks really like I'm trying to look at it and, and, and I, I recognize Weasel. So I'm guessing Sean Gunn uh, will be part of this. Hmm. But I, I really don't recognize any of the other characters. Shocking, right? Um, so I'm interested, though. This is this is kind of cool and 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 the whole concept about the being voice actors as well as live action is is really i mean as long as they put that ironclad in those contracts it's gonna mm-hmm. hold true so uh tim you know anything about creature commandos no i'm pretty similar to you andy and i don't think we're alone in that this took a lot of people by surprise i mean to the extent that 
it, it seemed like there was a lot of speculation or just assumption that this was an original concept that it wasn't even based on anything from the comics is certainly not anything I had heard of. And come to find out shortly after the announcement, um, the creator of these characters, or at least this concept, I don't know if, I don't know how much it's going to be using his, uh, characters versus just a collection of characters. Um, but anyway, it, the writer uh, J.M. DeMatteis kind of raised his hand on Twitter and said, um, guys, I created this back in, like, the late 70s. <laughs> so <laughs> that was sort of funny. Uh, but J.M.D., that that writer, um, responsible for some, I mean, some great, great stories in comics. You think of uh, Craven's Last Hunt, a.k.a. Fearful Symmetry, in the Spider-Man books. Um he was one of the principal authors of the rebooted uh, post-crisis in the 80s, uh, Justice League International, which is actually where the Blue and Gold partnership was born. Some really funny, almost uh, comics uh, comics uh, and superhero team as a sitcom was sort of the, uh, the idea behind that series, and it worked to great effect. Uh, but I, I love J.M. DeMatteis as a writer. He's not a like a household name, not really well known to, to people like who aren't old comics fans <laughs> like I am. But uh, if you know the name, you probably love him. And uh, I, I can't say that, again, I'm familiar with his, his writing or his creation of Creature Commandos. But all that is to say... If that is where this is coming from, it's got some good bones behind it, if nothing else. So, yeah. and it's an animated series, so that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Scott, you know anything about Creature Commandos, or have any thoughts? It'll be something I'll check out. Um, the animated stuff, I, I think it's a good idea with like animated TV, video games, and everything is going in. But I think like you won't have to watch everything to get the full story. This will be like just background stuff if they do show up in live action, which is fine. Um, it's should be interesting, but it just seems like a Suicide Squad knockoff, if I'm being completely honest. Mm-hmm. All right. Speaking of Suicide Squad, we have Waller. Um, so good. That was starring, good. Starring Viola Davis as Amanda Waller, series will serve as a direct follow-up to Peacemaker and feature characters from the previous DC series. That means that Peacemaker and Suicide Squad will still be canon in the DCU uh, even after the Flash resets the multiverse. Uh, with the cancellation of the Doom Patrol se- series, the creator Jeremy Carver will join forces with Watchmen writer Crystal Henry to bring this series to life. So that means, unfortunately, we're not getting a Peacemaker season two, but, you know, a lot of these characters, I mean, some show, you know, What's-Her-Face showed up in um, in uh, Black Adam, right? Um, uh, His uh, wife, James Gunn's wife. Yeah, showed. James Gunn's wife showed up. Yeah, what what's uh, the character's name? I can't remember. It's not in my head. Uh, so, Scott, what, what are your thoughts on, on Waller? Uh, starring a now, as of today, EGOT, EGOT winner. I'm a little upset, um, but if this turns into Peacekeeper Season 2, sort of like how uh, that shitty... Peacekeeper Season 1. Wait, did I... Yeah. Peacekeeper, I'm just messing with you. Did I get that? Peacemaker. Peacemaker Season 2. Sort of like the shitty... um, How that Boba Fett series turned into Mando Season Uh. 2.5. So we get that... 
with uh with Peacemaker with uh Cena showing up. I think it should be good. Waller, I'm not gonna lie, she's cut. So um I hope they bring that to her. They're setting her up in the comics for the DC side. She's gonna be the big uh the big bad guy at the end. They have the like this DC thing, but they had like a little little one page uh thing where it's like a peacemaker, another uh a peacekeeper, which is like a girl version of Peacemaker, and like a bunch of other characters, and she's gonna start hunting down the superheroes after the, the latest start crisis. So um I think this is gonna be a big big time for her i know waller's coming out obviously in a couple of years but you know she she was busting batflex balls and you know she she's not one woman to mess with so i'm interested to see what what's going to happen with her yeah not, not yeah you don't mess with her i just you know, it's funny she's such a great actor she makes me hate her so much this character i just can't stand her oh my god and it but it's like in a good way it's not like i like oh bullshit i don't want to see this character on my screen it's like no i hate you oh my god you're so nasty you biatch um tim what are your thoughts on the waller tv show um i kind of hope every episode is just uh 50 minutes of amanda waller eating a uh, steak and arguing <laughs> with government officials um I, I like that character i haven't i haven't fully embraced sort of what we've seen of her in film so far look i love um viola davis i just I haven't been super taken with just this version of the character. I'm not saying um, Viola Davis has done a bad job by any means. I think she's worked with what she's been given and I just, uh, it's been a little hit and miss for me. So it's, it's hard not to hear this announcement and think, why couldn't this just be peacemaker season two, you know? Um, but I mean, I, there is something to work with here. It has potential. I just, uh, I, I hope um, I see a little bit more from this character now. And I guess this is an opportunity to do that. So, yeah, mixed feelings here. Um, I, I hope it does not preclude the existence of more of John Cena's Peacemaker. Yes, that, that would be a, a true uh, crime. A tragedy. Right. It would. So then we move on to Booster Gold. Yes. A character that uh, has been a fan favorite. It will stick close to the comic books and feature a loser who travels back in time and tries to become a superhero by using advanced technology as his power source. In the comic books, Booster Gold often teams up with Blue Beetle, which gives us hope for uh, that character remaining in the DCU for the long run, too. All right. So we will start with Tim with this one. Uh, I've heard of Booster Gold, uh, I think. Uh, I'm trying to remember where this character may have shown up on something I've seen. I, I know maybe it's just the maybe like uh, a Legends of Tomorrow or something. I haven't watched that, you know, that, but I think it's from um, uh, the In- Injustice video game because there's the whole storyline. Well, okay. With it. So okay. I think that's where I know Booster Gold from. Not much know about it, but it's an interesting. Uh, it's a very interesting uh, concept for a superhero. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's- so Tim, what are your hopes on this show? Dan Jurgens' creation from the 80s, um, and he is. He's a loser who comes back in time from the future with his uh, advanced technology and basically um, looks much more impressive in the past than I guess he he is in his, his native timeline. Uh, but I probably first became acquainted with Booster Gold uh, reading The Death of Superman, uh, trade paperback that I, you know, got that Christmas it came out because 
Booster was one of the members of the then Justice League. Now, I'll grant you, this is a Justice League full of some some real B and, honestly, C and D listers um, who got their shit pushed in pretty handily by uh, Doomsday. But um, he certainly left an impression. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that, as did most of those characters who got their asses whipped. Um, but I, I've always had a soft spot for, for Booster, I think since then, because I, you know, I just have fond memories of, of that era of DC and, and Superman. Um, but yeah, he's, he's had a long run, uh, in comics. He's sort of, he got a nice little, uh, almost main event push over the course of, uh, the weekly series 52 coming out of Infinite Crisis, um, which was great. Really, really great work done on the character there. Um, but it's, it's a concept that's so, so much fun that it almost writes itself. So um, I'm really, and that's without even getting into, again, his relationship, partnership with uh, Blue Beetle. Although it is the Ted Cord original, I guess. Well, not even original, but second Blue Beetle. Um, anyway. The more popular and well-known Blue Beetle, I guess we'll say, was was his buddy um, in the comics. So it's sort of is, you know, are they going to just repurpose that relationship with Jaime Reyes, or is there a possibility we see a, a Ted Cord in James Gunn's DCU? I don't know, but um, really looking forward to this one just because it's a fun character, and I don't know how you can go wrong with. Loser comes back in time to make himself look much cooler than he is. <laughs> uh, Scott, what are your thoughts? I didn't know much about Booster Gold until I started reading uh, 52, and he is great in that. So I'm really excited for it, it, It's a fun take. It's going to be a slap, slapstick comedy 28-minute an episode of like Booster thinking he knows something that happens in the future and then fucking up. So I right. I am great with this. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I saw a lot of people uh, trying to put uh, Chris. Um, God. Um, Which Chris? Um, Chris Pratt? Yes, Chris Pratt is Booster Gold. I was going to say, of all the Chris's, I could probably see Chris Pratt as, as uh, Booster Gold the easiest. But, but I don't know if he would want to do a TV show, even though he does do that one on Amazon. So may, maybe he can, but I think this will be a lot of fun. And especially um, if he's talking with his um, his robot that he has there, they always bounce off of each other very well. I'm blanking on the robot's name right now. Um, but I see these last two, Andy, that we're going to talk about. These are my bread and butter right now um, yeah. with, with it. So um, yeah. just just kick it off. I'm ready. Uh, this yeah. Tim, go get go take a piss or something. Sure. <laughs> we're yeah. we're going to be a little bit. So, I'll sit it out. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for Scott to say something like in brightest day in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evils might beware my power. Green lanterns light. Let's right? fucking go. I've been waiting yes, for this for 12 years. So lanterns, a series focused on the two most beloved green lanterns in DC comics history, Hal Jordan and John Stewart. The series draws inspiration from detective stories like HBO's true detective and will portray the Green Lanterns as space cops investigating a dark crime that takes place on Earth. This sounds really, really interesting. The only thing I know about the Green Lanterns is when you play in the uh, 
in the, the Lego games and they, they you do play, you know, they do have several lanterns in those games. So I have a little bit of familiarity there. But yeah, I am I'm on board with this. I, I actually do kind of like Green Lantern. Uh, I loved him from the uh, Super Friends show. He was kind of like my favorite outside of Batman, Batman. And then uh, I had a thing later on for um, Firestorm. But uh, Green Lantern was always low key one of my one of my favorites from that. And and Scott, this is your guy. Somebody's not here to to talk shit about him. So go ahead, floor is yours. Ah, as I look around my room right now and I look at the Green Lantern action figures, I feel with them comparing it to True Detective. Hopefully, True Detective season one because season two is the ass. We get a great Hal Jordan and John Stewart. I already thinking Hal Jordan. Taylor Kitsch, uh, Tim Riggins. That would just melt my mind because uh, Riggins is my favorite character for Friday Night Lights. I even named my dog after him. John Stewart, I'm up in the air. I know they were talking about wanting to do uh, some fantasy casting was common, but that was like 15 years ago, so I don't know if that holds up. But if they do this right, this right here with them saying that Lanterns is going to be very important to this chapter in DC. I had this conversation. I let you guys know about it before. I had this conversation with uh, one of the guys at the comic book store, that the person they're hunting for in um, on Earth is going to be their big event. And this is going to be the start of their big event. And it's going to be Black Hand. Now, you might not know who Black Hand is. Oh, sorry. Not Black Hand. My apologies, Not guys. Black Hand. I thought you said Yeah, it is, it is Black Hand. Sorry. Now, Black Hand in the Jeff Johns run, and I believe they're going to go off the Jeff Johns run for this. He, he's real creepy. He just loves death. He kills his whole family because they were morticians. Um, and he is just evil. And death basically becomes him, pretty much. And he's the walking personification of death. When you see him in panels, you see like everything dying around him. And I think this is what's we're going to lead to with this gods and monsters they're big you know we had the infinity saga whatever you want to call this i guess we can call it chapter three chapter three the big event that dc is going to have is black as night black as night is when the dead heroes come to life and start taking out the good guys this is when hawkman dies in uh issue one of black as night um mara dies uh, Aquaman's wife. So, you know, if we want to kill off uh, the lady that shits in Johnny Depp's bed, we can kill her off in the, se- in the second sure. one. <laughs> hey, I got court documents to prove it. Um, this, if they do this, it, it's going to be, it'll break my brain if they do Blackest Night as their big, their big bad, which in Blackest Night, Batman's dead because he had died in Final Crisis. And that, like, you know, so who knows if they want to kill Batman for this and, you know, bring him back some other way because as I said, um, uh, not Jeff Johns, Grant Morrison does some crazy shit. Batman went through time when he was killed in final crisis and set things up. Like I said, comics is weird, but with this, I would be watching this every day. I'll be posting shit online. I don't even, I'll pit my podcast, but I'll be pimping this a whole lot more to check out lanterns. I'll be buying t-shirts, telling everyone, like giving my HBO password away, HBO from, if you're listening, I'm not going to do that, wink, wink. But I want this so bad. I want it to be successful. Like, for you guys, I want you to read Jeff John's Lantern run. When DC 
did their flashpoint thing, reset everything back. They didn't touch three three series. Uh, one of them was this Green Lanterns run. It's so damn good. It has a beginning, middle, end, and he sets everything up, and that's what we're going to see with this. The big event is going to be Blackest Night. That's what I'm going with. It's not going to be some uh, infinite crisis or anything. It's going to be Blackest Night, and this is what kickstarts it. And we're going to see the breadcrumbs that follow. When we start getting a high body count, you can come back and tell me if I'm not dead that I was right. And I, I'm just so excited for it, especially with them saying this is going to be our true detective. And if it's the true detective with McConaughey and Woody Harrelson, chef's kiss. Let's go. All right. Well, I think and if Scott, it's bad, I'll still lie to you and say it's fucking great, and tell me, tell you. Oh, you're wrong. this Mark. I think I think yeah. Scott needs to go have a cigarette. Um, Tim, any thoughts on lanterns? Uh, I. Well, I guess if. <laughs> How do you follow that? What? Right? I haven't even said anything yet. <laughs> what? Uh, I I guess I'll say if if we start seeing, you know, prominent characters like dying left and right right out of the gate i suppose that will be the tell right um that they they would be gearing up for a for a blackest night because you can't really you can't really do a blackest night if um if nobody's dead yet right so um i mean i guess you could but i don't i don't know that it has the same sort of impact necessarily that you want but uh yeah if we start killing people i'll be like mm, scott might be onto something here so I guess we'll see. Uh, with Green Lantern, I, I, uh, I mean, I, um, I have a complex uh, relationship with Green Lantern. We'll not get into it, but um, I would say, all in all, I, it's another one that sort of I have a soft spot for at the end of the day, and um, I do think an ensemble approach is the way to go with this property so you've got the entire green lantern core we tried just sort of focusing on our quote-unquote green lantern hal jordan in that movie i'm not saying that's the reason that movie didn't work but probably a good idea to go in a different direction if you're going to um kick that hornet's nest again um certainly i hope it turns out a lot more promising than the movie um i i like the idea of space cops investigating things within their jurisdiction and just sort of the politics and the hierarchy of of their organization so to speak i, I want to see how that works how it plays out um so yeah i i think this could be a lot of fun i, I think it's the right approach it sounds like it's be using a a good mix of characters both very familiar to people um, who have their favorites, you know, among the Earth-bound or Earth-based Green Lanterns and within the larger cosmology as well. Um, you know, getting all those cool aliens in there. Yeah, uh, I think I'd be on board for that. Okay. So, um, I don't know, remains to be seen what, what they might be building to, what this what is going to come of this 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 dark secret mystery whatever they're investigating is it blackest night is it you know is it going to lead to a, a sinestro core war is it something having to do with parallax I, who knows um but any of those stories done right i i think can be very impressive so uh yeah i'm uh 
I'm kind of low-key into this one. I'm more into it than I'm admitting. I'll put it that way. <laughs> All right. So the final TV show currently in development for uh, DC Studios is Paradise Lost, a political drama set in Themyscira, Wonder Woman's birthplace. Set years before Diana's birth, the series will explore the political disputes in Themyscira as different Amazons try to seize power for themselves. Is expected to serve as an origin story of Themyscira itself and reveal how the Amazons create an all-women society hidden from the rest of the world. Basically, a Game of Thrones-esque type show, and I'm I'm here for it. I mean, look, it it uh, if it's set so many years before Diana's birth, that you know Gal Gadot we know won't be there, and you know apparently it's it's not set in stone that she will not be returning. As 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 Wonder Woman, so oh, she's that, gone. is it set in clay? She's, she's gone. It might be. It might be set in clay, but that's a good joke, oh. Tim. By the way, I, I get that. Thank you. I was glad someone got that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, Tim, any any thoughts on Paradise Lost? Uh, I guess between this and Green Lanterns, is that what we're calling Green Lantern? Green it's Lanterns. 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 Sorry, I'm sorry. Sa- Sands Green. Yes. <laughs> All right. But between the two of those, this is giving us that crucial element of world building that I mentioned earlier as being so lacking the first go around pre James Gunn. And uh, I, I think it's it's going to be. Um, how about this, Scott Shiflet? How about uh, uh, ancient Themyscira? Not so much Game of Thrones, but but as the West Wing. <laughs> What if it's I'm, I'm in. That, I'm in. What if it's that kind of political thriller? I mean, they're all women, of course. You, you're not going to have these strong male leads like you have in the West Wing, but you can still do that. You can still do that type of show with uh, with the Amazons. And yeah, well, I you know I wonder if there's going to be a tie-in between this and land. Like maybe you know, there's that story where the Guardians like. The little blue turd looking guys who um look like like little old men um yes, the, the didn't they try to hook up with the amazons at one point and the amazons were like mm, ew um and it led to like a lot of shit uh i know i'm i don't i don't know but that sounds sounds like them because as you if you read the jeff johns run all of them are assholes that yeah and they've always been assholes um but that that is an earlier, I mean, pre-Jeff John story. But it, I want to say that happened at some point in the history of Themyscar, and it was like, mm, no, um, and it led to not so great things happening later uh, for both, uh, mainly in the Green Lantern realm. But anyway, uh, yeah, maybe there's an opportunity to do a tie-in there. Is this? This is a movie, not a series, correct? No, this is a series. Series. This is a series. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, well, even better. Bring on, bring on, um, yeah, ancient uh, uh, Olympic women uh, getting up to political um, backstabbing and, and uh, at the same time inspiring you from time to time as well because that's, that's what the West Wing was at its best, right? Very inspirational kind of show and uh yeah let's do it all right scott 
Yeah, it should be interesting. Um, I want to see how many years they go. I mean, if they if they decide right? to do yeah. one seat, if they want, uh, they could shoehorn this into um, doing like two seasons, and then in the last season you see that uh, Diana is born, and then like, maybe yeah, or or like you said, made or aged up. It depends on how they want to do like the gods and goddesses in um in dc but since the chapter is called gods and monsters it seems like we're gonna get a pretty uh big um frame of gods which is interesting because marvel's doing the same as uh you know in the fourth thor movie that uh tim loves so eloquently uh we saw um spoiler alert hercules hercules joins Uh, the fight yes uh hercules played by the guy from ted lasso who is amazing um I'm blanking on names. I'm horrible with names right now. But yeah, that's uh, it. Should be interesting if they do this. They need to decide from the jump how many seasons they're doing, so they don't Game of Thrones it or lost it more specifically. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I, this is this is pretty good. And as a DC fan, with all, as we went through all the stuff tonight and you know ranted and raved, uh, basically for me, uh, it, it's a good time. And like I'm glad they finally have an idea instead of like. We're just gonna collide the superheroes together like a eight, like a eight year old plays with his action figures. So I, I feel pretty good that there's a plan. Yeah, it's with the TV shows, kind of like knowing going in how long it's gonna go, so they have a clear like endpoint. So it's not like they don't leave you hanging or or they they overstay their welcome. I think will be very important. I think that's how a lot of TV shows should be doing it now, knowing you know, how many seasons we're going to get, I think is, is really a bonus to the viewer and it gives them the creators really, you know, direction and knowing how much time they have to, to kind of tell their whole story and the arcs and all that. So I think that's very uh, important, especially in this case. All right. So any, any final thoughts that we haven't, you haven't mentioned guys, Tim, any, anything uh, you want to say? Cause this is not all, I mean, this is just some, mm-hmm. Of of this, I mean, it's a yeah. ten year plan. This is chapter one. I don't even. And he said we haven't. We they didn't announce everything that was happening in chapter one. So, so Lord knows what else we're getting. I think that um, just to follow up on your last point, gods and monsters. That's what we're calling this mm-hmm. phase. So, to, I, you know, I know they're not using the terminology phase, but that's what this effectively is serving as, and that's the the way that we're used to um probably uh interpreting it so that's what i'm going to say uh i think it makes a hell of a lot of sense to start this way because it's gods and monsters it's very zoomed out right it's very big picture in scope it's and where you have um recognizable characters like a batman well it's not it's not a again a dark knight detective story it's a bat family it's it's not a singular Green Lantern. It's not Hal Jordan. It's not John Stewart, Guy Gardner. It's the GL core. It's Lanterns. It's not Wonder Woman. In fact, it predates Wonder Woman. It's the Amazons. It's the Mascara. Uh, so it's it's sort of and with Swamp Thing again, a character who is very elemental in nature and, and larger than life. Um, all these things make a lot of sense when you're 
just sort of introducing people into this world, then you start to you you start to narrow your focus, right? Once you hooked them, once once you get your hooks in people, and you see what's really going to take off, what's gathering momentum, what are people interested in, we can start to to blow that out and and develop it more, and uh, and you know you get a probably a phase two that is more narrow in focus right into like a phase three where you're doing like specific storylines, right? You, you can't from the jump do infinity war. You can't jump right into civil war. You know, you've, you've got to take the steps to get there. And it seems like that's what they're doing through these building blocks. And again, with this big picture approach, if something isn't working so well, need some retooling or just, you know, as a real dud right out of the gate, you're not so committed to it that you can't change course. So they say this gives them some flexibility and it's also creatively a way to, to bring the world into focus without overly committing to, to any one thing. Um, I think it's, I think it's the right way to go. I was kind of surprisingly sold by, by this presentation of, this unveiling of the 10 year plan, right? right. Scott, myself. Scott, any final thoughts? I just hope they don't fuck us up. Look. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, like we've said so many times and earlier in, in, in many pods, James Gunn has never let us down. Even, you know, the Grinch of, of DC, you know, Sean Kidd, his heart is growing three sizes right now because he's hopeful with James Gunn. So, yeah, it's like, prove us wrong. You know, <clears throat> you're our guy until you do something to piss us off or something that misses, like, and he's got to have a pretty big miss. If he has something that's kind of like, all right, that wasn't the best, but it definitely, you know, didn't didn't hit the way we thought it was going to be. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, and it's interesting to see, like, who the directors are going to be. Who are all the other writers? And the casting. You know, are they going to go unknowns? Are they going to go established names? Is it, how much of a mix it will be between the two? So there's a lot to come, and it, it's kind of an exciting time because... A lot of people to come, too, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to take that, but okay. Um, okay, Scott Shifflett. He's talking about <laughs> me. I knew exactly who he was talking about. <laughs> So, yeah, a lot of good stuff, and hopefully we'll be here to to break a lot of it down in the future. And, guys, uh, you know, thank you for, for dropping in. You know, it's been a while since you guys have been here in the basement. I know, right? I know. You know, I haven't done much with the place, got to be honest. You know, it's not the same without you guys here on, on the regular. But we'll, we'll, we'll pop back in, though, to have some some, uh, some fun discussions. And, of course, you know, we were always at Tim's place for the Trails of All Lost Arcs records because he's the one running steering that ship, mm. you know. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to keep on plugging away, and hopefully we have uh, opportunities to just talk about things when things like this happen. It's it's That's why we do this stuff is so we can talk about it and kind of, you know, give each other information and give you information and give you our thoughts and maybe, you know, something you may have been down on or didn't know anything about. Now you know a little bit about and you have something to to maybe look forward to. All right, cool. So, guys, thank you once again uh, for Scott Shifflett and Tim Capel. I am Andy Addison. This has been Pop Goes to the Couch. Hopefully we'll see you back sooner than later. And keep an eye out for the next episode of Traders of the Lost Arcs featuring the three of us and Sean Kidd. 
coming to your very earbuds soon. All right, guys, take care. Enjoy the movies. <laughs>